It's all good. Magic, mysticism, and earth medicine. Check us out by visiting www.magicandmedicine.blogspot.com. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Nadine Green. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for another episode of It's All Good, Magic, Mysticism, and Earth Medicine. Here I am, your mystic queen, Dr. Candace Nadine Green. Before we hop into today's interview, I'd like to just do a little housekeeping and a, little, a few announcements. Uh, thank you always for all the new listeners and people who join us up on Podbean. But remember, check us out also on Patreon. If you'd like to keep this show running, just a dollar a month to help us keep the show running because I cannot do it all by myself to keep the lights on, keep us getting hosts and paying for our, our uh, recording gear, etc. That would be helpful. All it takes is simply a dollar a month. Honestly, a dollar a month. I'm not, we're not asking for 10. We're not asking for 20, just a dollar. So if you like hearing us and you want to keep us on the air, why don't you just consider giving back to what you already listened to and participate, participate in, in read our articles that are on the blog on the website at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K and medicine.blogspot.com. Check us out on Facebook. We're on there as well. Feel free to post, feel free to ask questions, all those good things. This is your community and we'd love so much for you to be engaged in it, to participate in it. So please help us help you. All right. Now that I'm off my soapbox, let's talk a little bit about the interview that you're going to hear. So not long ago, I interviewed Sarah Main. She, uh, she wrote this wonderful book called Conscious Confidence. And it's an awesome book. And I mean, it's not witchy or pagan per se, but I love the, the ideas in it that help us. She talks a lot about how we could use Sanskrit, which I always thought was very intimidating, Sanskrit, but how we can use Sanskrit to um, to utilize, utilize it in uh, practicing self-awareness, meditation, all of that. So her, for her whole life, Sarah has been, she has centered around studying, practicing, and teaching this higher consciousness and self-awareness. In 1971, at the age of 10, she began her spiritual, spiritual journey. She was introduced to mantra med meditation and other spiritual disciplines and techniques. And by the time she was 13, she was studying Sanskrit. And in her early 20s, she was teaching this practical self-awareness, philosophy, meditation, and Sanskrit to both children and adults. She shares with us during the interview, you hear her talk about this awesome relationship she had with her parents and how how open-minded they were it's just it's just a beautiful wonderful story and i really hope you enjoy it for decades sarah main continued to deepen her understanding and experience of consciousness while engaged with the practical world of family and work a few years ago 
seeing a need in the world, she was inspired to take all she had learned and reformulate it into a simple, enjoyable, and practical program of conscious confidence. Now, since then, Sarah has expanded her conscious confidence program into a full-length book, of which I have a copy, and you should get one too. And she has coached individual clients and has presented her ideas to, uh, to group seminars and business owners. I will put all of her contact information in the show notes. But in the meantime, you can check her out by visiting ConsciousConfidence.com. That's ConsciousConfidence.com. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's get on to it. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Thanks for having me along. It's lovely to be here. Now, I've been looking at your book here, Conscious Confidence. Can you just briefly, you know, tell us why Conscious Confidence? What does it have to do with us, basically, today? (laughs) (laughs) Well, why Conscious Confidence? Um, It happened a few years ago, actually. I, I just became aware of my coaching work and also... Um, I was involved in in some music and I was at a workshop and a whole lot of musicians, particularly orchestral musicians and harpists, were talking about the issues with performance anxiety. And people were talking about how it's common these days to take medication to deal with their performance nerves. And also I was aware of a shift in the uh, issues that my coaching clients were bringing to me. And it just, it just set me thinking about this whole area of anxiety and worry and lack of security, inner security that people seem to be really bothered about now. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. And so I started looking into it. Um, and one thing led to another. It was a, you know, a series of steps. I thought, what is actually happening when you feel confident within yourself? And as soon as I asked that question, I thought, go back to the Sanskrit because that's my background. Mm-hmm. So I started looking up the Sanskrit for confidence and I discovered Sanskrit had 12 words for confidence. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, not just one, 12. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the nature of Sanskrit. It's thorough, it's precise. Wow. And, and it, it tells you what's happening. It's not, a, it's not conceptual meaning. It tells you what's happening and what you need to do. And so when I started looking up that, it's just like the lights went on in my mind. I thought, oh, right, okay, right, okay, yes, bing, bing. And, and that's how it really started. Mm. And then the term conscious confidence literally just, it was given. It came to me. That's awesome. You know, I, I, you know, you talk about anxiety. So many people have anxiety. I myself, and um, you know, they get these diagnoses as yeah. being, uh, you know, PTSD and acute anxiety, all, all of those things. And this, you know, right away, what therapists and doctors want to do is medicate people. Yeah. You know, just give them medicine, which is not, you know, it's not really solving the issue. Yes, <laughs> that, that was really, 
<laughs> you know, it's just putting a band-aid on it and helping, you know, the, the feelings associated with it sort of go yeah. away. But it's really not it's really not helping that person. It's 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 not the medicine that they need. And so it's interesting that you've come up with this um, uh, conscious confidence. Now, how how can people? How do you think people can use this to uh, like apply this conscious? What, what you talk about the Sanskrit? What if they don't know Sanskrit? How can they apply it to their lives? How does this book help them? It's a great question. You, number one, you don't need to learn Sanskrit. All right. Um, so, <laughs> I was Sanskrit. looking at it and I <laughs> <laughs> forget it, it's not me. Sanskrit is a beautiful language. Yeah. Um, there's lots to say about Sanskrit, but it's not about learning Sanskrit, it's mm -hmm. about um, getting the wisdom that's in Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference, you can learn the language. Wonderful, it's it's magnificent, you know, and I, I've studied it and I, I love it. Mm -hmm. But that's my thing. But it's the wisdom that's in Sanskrit and it's taking this timeless wisdom. I wouldn't even say it's ancient because ancient makes it seem like way back when in the past. Right. Right. This is timeless. This is for all time. And it's universal. And universal means it's applicable at all times, in all places, <laughs> in all situations. Um, if that's not the case, <coughs> excuse me, then it's not universal. Um, so it's taking this universal timeless wisdom and applying it. Now, in my book, I've actually, each section, there are practices, there are things you can do to take this into your experience. There's simple practices. There's simple, ex <coughs> excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. There's simple exercises that you make it practical. So it's taking that wisdom and making it practical in your life, in your experience. Now, why and i don't mean to like be a pain in the neck why sanskrit you know i mean why why would someone want to what would make them bite bite you know bite in regards to yes. this book because you say sanskrit see we because when, when i think when i first you know had your book and i said oh no sanskrit it's so complicated <laughs> you know, and i'm probably not the only one to say why sanskrit so what what what's the pull What's the pull of the, read, the reader in regards to Sanskrit? You know, language yeah. of the universe and all that. Why? Yeah, well, you said it, language of the universe. The word Sanskrita, which is the Sanskrit word for Sanskrit, um, means pure and perfectly formed. Mm. Wow. And that, um, and the, the language itself is unchanged. So that means it's pure and perfectly formed and what it contains, the energy of it, the wisdom of it is untouched and it's unchanged, it's intact. And the why Sanskrit is if you actually really want wisdom, actual wisdom, and remember, Sanskrit means pure and perfectly formed, mm. you go back to something like Sanskrit. If you want source wisdom, you know, S-O-U-R-C-E, wisdom, mm. Mm -hmm. You need to go back to the real sources and Sanskrit is a real source. It's not just sort of a latest fad, something someone's just come up with that may or may not work. This works, right? This stands the test of time. It's whole, complete, pure and perfect. Um, and the language itself brings 
with it, the experience of the meaning. It's not just a concept that you then go and experience or figure out or, I don't know, it, 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 it's not conceptual, it's the meaning is experiential. And not everybody knows that about Sanskrit. They just think of it as an old, complex language that other people study. I'm not saying study Sanskrit. I'm saying go back to what the wisdom says, and that's what I've presented. Because um, I felt we needed to go back to you know, the depths of the source wisdom about confidence, what's really going on. Because there's lots of people talking about, oh, do this to make you confident, do that to make you confident. And it works to a point, but I'm talking about confidence that's deeply rooted within yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's not situational. It's not dependent on the situation being a certain way. It's what you just bring with yourself to any situation. Um, and then you've got a possibility of being open and thriving in your life rather than having to have everything a certain way or just having this slight sense of worry that something terrible is going to happen or whatever it is. You know, the more I talk to people, the more the answer to all our problems is the same. You know, go back. It's always go back to the source, the roots. Connect mm. with the earth the universe the answer is within you have to find it it's mm. all the same message yeah um which is so simple but yet so complex because, <laughs> <laughs> because we've had you know society has has tried to make all of all of these these ideas that we say they call it new age which i i don't even like that name because it's not new it's not new at all and um and, you know, it's all, it's all the same message. When we have these, these problems, and not to medicate it with prescription drugs or things. I mean, it may help some people. That's fine. But it doesn't really help deal with the problem. In order to solve the problem, we have to go back. It's always the same message, go back. And it's so simple, but we're so bombarded with all of the stuff of our modern world and technology that we don't, we don't accept it. Mm. And I think there's not an increase in, well, there could, uh, I don't know. Well, you know, there's a lot of people with anxiety. I think it, and, it, and it's because of what we, this world that we live in, run, 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 go, 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 make that money, stress, stress. And I mean, I was going to ask you, what do you think people are anxious? But I guess I kind of blew that question. But <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I, that's what I think people, it's, it's our, it's the way we are living today that is really stressing a lot of us out. It, it's, I mean, it's always go, go, go. We don't stop and, and take into account our own well-being. And that's, it's, it's sad. It's sad. So, um, you've had some spiritual teachers you talk about. Yes. Um, which I think is so important. Has any of them taught you something that's really, really, you know, that sticks out? Have you learned, what have you learned from your spiritual teachers? Oh, wow. <laughs> How long have you got? Uh, <laughs> everything. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I started this young. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, gosh, as you can see, I've really, that's <laughs> Well, so much, everything really, um, yeah. everything of any 
actual importance. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I, if, if there's one thing, if really one thing, it is this connection with yourself. It is who you really are. Uh, and that's not a concept. That's who you are. Um, and it's not something you take for granted. And, uh, and being taught and shown what the wisdom traditions, the timeless ancient wisdom traditions say about who you really are. As I go on, um, I realise that the wisdom traditions have our back. They have your back because they, the wisdom traditions express and have been saying this for all time to all humanity, who you really are. They know who we really are. And they keep reminding us of who we really are. So when we feel lost, like you were saying about all the stress that people live with um, and we run around doing all these things and we don't remember who we really are. It doesn't mean we, you know, it means that when you're at home looking after your family or at work, um, you're not disconnected from who you really are. Um, you know, and, you, that, and that is profound. That is the anchor, the basis of everything. And, you know, I mean, this is kind of maybe kind of silly, but when you said who you really are, I thought of uh, the Disney movie Moana and how, you know, I don't know if you, I have kids, so that's why I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a part, you know, there's a, po a point in the the in in the film where the the Ch Moana's grandmother tells her to you know be who you really are who are who we really are and it's very interesting because anytime someone says that it's about connecting with their ancestors with with the source and it's about going back and for her it was the same thing it was finding who she really was deep down yeah. inside and it was connecting with the earth um mm. because she helps you know save her people um, and all that she connected connecting with the, the earth and um, she meets and that she meets a, a demigod and all this stuff on the way who, who she helps yeah. and it's, it's, it was interesting because she had to the connection was already there I mean mm -hmm. it, I mean the, it, the possibility of connection was there she just had to find it and make that connection yeah. so I mean when you I mean when you said who you really are I just thought of I mean that film in particular but that's another recurring message in films books and everything finding out who you really are yes yeah and the wisdom traditions lead us to the who we, we are connect we are who we are actually mm -hmm. we just forget it gets covered over like the clouds cover over the sun and it seems right. like the sun isn't there right. um we are who we are, and and this is a connection even beyond ancestors and our personality that forms an element of who we are as people would recognise and as we would recognise. But it's that experience of presence, um, that I amness, you know, that's often spoken about in the in the wisdom traditions, um, and that's a that's a sense of presence. And it's funny, it's right under our nose. It's the most immediate thing, it's there the second we wake up to when we go to bed. If we get on an aeroplane and fly over to the, uh, the other side of the world, we take ourselves with us. Right. <laughs> when we get on that plane, we're there because <laughs> we take that with us. And we don't leave it 
back home when we're going to play. But it's the one thing that can get forgotten instantly. And the mind, the chattering mind that we're all so familiar with, um, that can uh, aid in this forgetting of who we are and this covering over of who we are because it gets active and it's as I, you know, it just basically discounts this as being unimportant uh, because it's outward looking and we need to actually be quiet and still and just connect with our presence of who we are right now, right here. Uh, and that's and, the start. And the idea of this self-awareness has been, I mean, now we have vocabulary for it, but yeah. it's been around forever. Forever forever and along with meditation and mindfulness it's just that now we have words for them yeah and well, when i yeah, yeah go on no, go ahead. i just wanted to ask you what do you think about these ideas meditation self-awareness and mindfulness even though they've been around forever forever well as you as you say that they have been around forever because these wisdom traditions are timeless and they have been keeping this knowledge alive keeping this knowledge present for humanity so they don't forget, so we don't forget who we are. Um, and that's a great service. Um, but when I started uh, my spiritual journey, I was 10 years old, and that was back in 1971. And the words mindfulness, um, they didn't basically didn't exist they weren't in they, they're common currency now you can get an app on your phone no problem everyone mindfulness oh yeah sure but back then it it didn't exist um you know meditation was well yeah that was a word but you know no one meditated or you know that was what some you know, guru did yeah. or, uh, you know, the Beatles were meditating or something like that. Right. Um, my parents started meditating in the, in the late 60s and it's just an ordinary suburban couple. Um, but they were searching and they discovered meditation and that was unusual and no one spoke about it. They didn't go around saying, hey, we, we meditate. Like everybody these days, you can talk about meditation, no problem. Um, but, you know, every second person's meditating in some form or another. But in those days, this was, it was unusual. And um, and I could tell mum and dad were onto something. Like I, I was 10 and I wanted, I could hear them discussing things enthusiastically and I, they had really found something and they meditated every day. You know, my dad put on a suit and went and worked in an office. You know, it was not like he... <laughs> he, he he wore caftans or anything. Not that there's anything wrong with caftans. He was just, I'm talking absolutely, I want to paint a picture of absolutely normal suburban living. Like we went to school, we, did, we just did normal stuff. Um, but mum and dad meditated in the morning and the evening and they were studying this wisdom, this knowledge now, and they oh had gosh. found it. And, and I could tell, like, this was different. And when I went to play at my at my friends' places, you know, like I was a ten year old, eleven year old kid, I'd go and play in someone else's house or something. Their parents weren't talking in this way. Mum and Dad were. I could. It was just a different energy, you know. And I wanted that. I was like so interested, and um, so I I started 
studying, I went to philosophy classes, that, practical philosophy classes that they'd found. And then when I was offered meditation, I said, yep, I'll have that, thanks. And um, it's just started like that. But that was unusual. I, I, trust me, I did not go to school every day. And I was um, just finishing elementary school at mm. 10. And then by 12 and 13, I was going off to high school. Because wow. um, we do high school from 12 to 18. Oh. Um, I know you name your schooling slightly differently than yeah. us. Um, so, and, you know, trust me, I did not go to school saying, hey, I'm learning about meditation. I'm studying Sanskrit. <laughs> I didn't. You just didn't talk about it because, you know, the weirdness alert, warning, right. warning, right. went off. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so yeah. I had these sort of two experiences. Mm. But the, the wisdom and the presence of, you know, what is common currency now, mm-hmm. that made so much sense to me. And, like, it didn't mean I didn't experience what teenagers go through, but um, I just had I have these resources, you know, at my disposal. I could remember something, some wisdom. I could uh, fall still. I knew how to do that. I knew how to let things go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... As I've got on as an adult, I thought, boy, oh boy, is that ever the most powerful thing you could ever, ever, ever teach someone? Um, and I and that I just took that for granted. But I could also see, like, my friends at school um, struggle with issues and they didn't have the resources that I had. Yeah, so, not to cut you off, but, you, you, I mean, that transition from high school to, to adulthood, it is so difficult for a lot yeah. of people. It was for me, I know. Why do you think, I mean, what, what, I mean, you said you had all of this to help you, but a lot of your peers, I'm sure, did not. Mm-hmm. Um, their parents weren't meditating and, and reading wisdom text and things like that. Yeah. Why, why do you think that we have such a hard time transitioning from high school to, you know, adult, adult, adulthood? Why is it so hard? Well, look, it, it really it really comes back to that fundamental issue of a lack of connection with self-awareness, with who you are. That is your starting point for everything. Um, and we're born with it naturally, but it gets covered over. By the time we're sort of in high school and uh, in adulthood, it's, it's getting covered over, and especially these days, the noise... Mm-hmm. the inner noise gets very loud um, so that's that's the first really the fundamental part of the question is getting back to the, the real roots in our in ourselves um, it's like a plant if you look at a plant and it's not healthy and thriving you know in terms of gardening that there's something wrong wrong with the root with right. the soil root and you will address those issues at that point but we don't often look at a person and say, okay, they're struggling, there's something, the, the actual root is is not strong within themselves. We'll try and fix it at the surface. Um, so that's number one. And number two, part of that connection is really proper wisdom, mm. real wisdom and um, learning how to apply that. And it doesn't mean you're not going to go through the experiences of that time in your life. I mean, a teenage years are the teenage years. Oh, yes. There are certain factors to that. It doesn't just take them all away, um, but it's what you, 
have to uh, draw on and connect with um, that makes all the difference. And if you have wisdom, and this is wisdom that stood the test of time, that really works, um, then you don't have you don't have anything in your kit bag. You know, you're you're left on your own. And when I say the wisdom traditions have your back, they really, really do. Yep. They the wisdom traditions believe in us better than we ever believe in ourselves. I can tell you that because they know who we really are. And you know, I remember my time transitioning, which was kind of difficult. Um, <laughs> uh, you know that that point when college for me when college was over I finished college and I had to be an adult I, I had to have I had a I was a, a teacher an uh, English teacher after college and um, I was thrown in with all these these other adults who were older than I more experienced than I and at first it was a little scary it was scary trying to find out who I was and I had to sort of put this cloak on I had to be a different person uh, because in, in college and stuff, I was, you know, I would, they called me eccentric, but just because I, I meditated and I wrote a lot and I reflected a lot uh, about things. And I realized when I got out into the, the into society working professionally, that it wasn't okay. I, I was, I was, I was my, my, the way that I was, who my, who I was, was not acceptable. And yeah. that's what a lot of people, a lot of young people deal with when they go in, into the, the workforce or have to be an adult. It's, it's being rejected for who they are, who they are. And it's hard. And that's what makes a lot of people go through, you know, they get depressed because then they don't find a place where they could, quote unquote, fit in, be like everyone else. They don't confine to a certain um whatever a form that I, I society has picked out for them mm. and it causes a lot of depression which leads to other things that are unhealthy mm. and having having a plan having some resources i think would change that and mm -hmm. you you have yeah. this um fuse program yeah in your book that you talk about and i want to talk about that a little bit um what is it basically <laughs> what is it and how does it help how how can it help the especially the young people people be who they are and, and be consciously confident in society yeah well it's getting back to those roots and when i say who you really are yeah. that starts behind before what we recognize as our personality and our you know, characteristics and all of that. That's one level. But actually, you can get beyond behind that, which is that sense of I amness. You need your mm -hmm. connection in that being, in that presence. And that is subtle. Um, but it's there and it's what we take with us. It's what we have with us. And at every moment of the day, it's just it gets covered over by our experiences which are outward looking um so that that said the fuse program there's six elements to it um, and starts with core values then a positive attitude then focusing uniting simplifying and energizing so the fuse part comes from focusing f uniting u simplifying s and energizing e f u s e 
-hmm. And those six elements allow you to have that fundamental connection and that then you can take into any situation um, and, you know, God willing, you don't have to feel that you have to compromise who you are and you don't have to uh, feel under threat. You can approach every situation and embrace it openly and you'll find yourself in situations where you can do that more naturally and um, not be, uh, what's the word, pulled around by having to cover up who you really are. Um, and, I mean, I think that's part of the journey of our, of our lives is in, it, it, we, we are on a journey of self-discovery no matter what situation we are in. And we do experience situ situations that don't quite suit us uh, and that part of that experience of contrast that we have in those situations is it helps us to realise who we are because um, we don't just immediately end up in something that is, oh, this is perfect. You know, often it's this doesn't work for me and it's that contrast. It's like holding up a mirror. We then begin to say, oh, this doesn't suit who I am and then we start looking or, or finding the situations that do work for us. So it's by those contrasts that we actually discover who we are and that's part of our life journey. I think that's the case for everyone. It needn't be as traumatic as, as it seems it, it is becoming for a lot of people mm. and certainly young people. And that, that was one of the reasons for the book was, and this work was it just concerned me. I thought this can't be natural. It can't be how we're designed to be that it, it is so difficult. Um, and I do think caring and serving for young people better is something to look to. Um, I, I think uh, it, it is harder for young people than it really needs to be. And if we had some really solid wisdom, um, that would help. Because certainly I had that. And, you know, whilst I went through all the usual teenage things and transitioning to adulthood, I had all this basis with me and, and I just, that's what I drew drew on and, you know, it just made all the difference. So, uh, I mean, that's the overall answer. But the, the FUSE program itself starts with those core values and, and I go back to what the Sanskrit says about values, mm -hmm. value. Um, and doesn't, like I say, it doesn't mean you have to study Sanskrit. You don't. Just go back and find out what Sanskrit says about value and it'll just put a different or a broader, deeper understanding of the importance of values in our lives and getting those clear as a basis for living our life and building our life and growing in our life. Um, it's very beautiful language. And like I say, Sanskrit means pure and whole and complete, pure and perfectly formed. So it's knowledge that's really useful. It's not remote. It's not complex. It's practical. And that's why the book has lots of exercises and examples of ways you can bring this into your life. Um, and then we go from values into attitude. What is your attitude and the importance and the power of attitude and choosing a positive attitude, that choice in that regard is paramount. And then we go into focusing, being able to give your attention and not be distracted, and that takes practice. It's like a muscle you need to practice. Then uniting, um, which is letting go of those divisions, finding the commonality in every situation, um, rather than just being stuck in a whole lot of 
division within ourselves and in situations, find that unity in every situation. Um, then simplifying is letting go of what's unnecessary and then energising, which is taking creative dynamic action. Um, it sounds like it's a sort of a long sequence, but it's actually when we're confident, that is what is happening. We are connected with what's important. We have a, a strong, we've chosen a strong positive attitude. Whether we're conscious or not, we have actually decided we're positive in our attitude. We've got a focus. We're um, united and whole. We're not divided and separated within ourselves and in a situation where we've let go of what's unnecessary and we're taking action. And all those things, all those elements are there when we are consciously confident. And you can take on anything with that. Awesome. Awesome. That's an awesome program. <laughs> I hope people get this book because you can benefit from it really. So um, what, um, we're coming up to the end. So I just want to get a couple of things in here. So you have a monthly radio podcast. I do. Um, Transformation Talk Radio. Can, where could people be able to listen to your podcast? Well, you can go to my website, consciousconfidence.com, mm -hmm. and there's a, um, a radio podcast tab there, link, and you can go and listen to all the shows. Um, I do have a monthly show. I have two shows a month, um, and my current format is I actually take something from uh, the wisdom tradition, a story, and I'll unpack that and bring the meaning out for people. Mm. Um, just keep showing everyone that this wisdom that's in Sanskrit is utterly applicable and practical and enjoyable um, and enlightening and inspiring. Um, and then I always give a practice that you can take away and try for yourself so that you can experience this for yourself and that is absolutely number one crucial. Don't take my word for it. Try it yourself. Um, and I give very simple practices. And then I have a mailbag in the second half of the show and I get a whole lot of questions. And so I usually take some uh, listener questions and uh, answer them. So that's the, the format of the show. And you can hear all of that from my website, consciousconfidence.com. And also my book. If you go to my website, you can get a hold of my book. It's available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Um, listening to it's very handy as well. Mm. Um, so, yep. And there's lots of information about conscious confidence on my website. Awesome. Well, <laughs> congratulations on your book. It Thank is you. an awesome book. You know, it, it total, just talking with you also, you know, alleviates some of my fear of, uh, <laughs> of Sanskrit. <laughs> you know, once upon a time I thought I would try to learn, but I was so afraid, but yeah, just, how you break it apart and have the exercises and the information in it. It definitely, it's so useful and it's so friendly. And I just want to tell people, don't be afraid of the word Sanskrit. Just go get your yeah. it, it, oh, Thank you. Look, thank you for saying that because it is a barrier, but it, it can seem like a barrier, but it isn't. It's a, it's a real doorway into, and, and look, as you can see, you've got the book in front of you. It's not like there's great big slabs of Sanskrit. I just take individual right. words. 
well, what does the Sanskrit say about this? Here's yeah. what it says. Simple explanation. And there's lots of stories. There's traditional teaching stories, which is so powerful. Yeah, it's a beautiful Plus book. examples and practices. So it's, it's user-friendly, I hope. Definitely. Well, it definitely is user-friendly because oh, thank you. I, I will tell you. <laughs> thank you. Thank so it was you. awesome having you on the show today, Sarah. And um, can you repeat your website one more time for our listeners? And I'll put it in the show notes as well once the show's up. Sure. It's consciousconfidence.com. Excellent. Thank you for being our guest, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And thank you all for listening to Magic and Medicine. Visit us at www.magic with a K and medicine.blogspot.com. Thank you for listening to It's All Good, Magic, Mysticism, and Earth Medicine. Visit us anytime at www.magicandmedicine.blogspot.com. Thank you.